I too love you so, so very much. I know you do, and I wanted to thank you because you know I've had the most amazing welcome. Your hugs and your uh, just well wishes, and so many of you have prayed for me while I've been away. I had to take this moment to honor you and to thank you for that. You have the most beautiful, beautiful open arms, and I am grateful to you for that. So thank you. Help me thank you with hands. One more thing, Pastor. The student worship team. I asked if this was the first time. I had not seen it before. But I want to first thank God, praise God for answering prayer for this beautiful worship team to begin to form. It is beautiful, anointed, and at some point today, maybe after the service, after communion, I almost felt like wanting to pray for you right now, but make sure, worship team, if you're all here, that um, I get a chance to anoint you. May I do that? Thank you. Uh, can, I, can I please have the worship team all come up? I'm going to anoint them with oil. Yes, thank you. Thank you for, I mean, that's the, I had the picture of this while you were playing. That be, be, yes, come on up. I'll stand right there. Stand right there. And the visual is, a, no, face me because I'm going to anoint you, okay? You know, while you were worshiping, leading us in a worship song, beautiful, okay? It just welled up in my heart, and I saw the picture of the Lord stretching out his hand to uh, extend a fresh anointing on you. And it goes with uh, some things we're going to talk about today. We were talking about God doing a new thing, but he's really doing a deeper thing, a deeper work, a greater work in City Life Church. It has to do with the word maturity. He's maturing the worship. He's maturing your gifts the gifting that is in you, and that's what this anointing is for, to extend that greater anointing, the deeper work. So I'm going to give this over to you. When anointing, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also that the Lord will just simply release every gift and grace that he wants to flow to you and then through you. And that's it. Because what he wants to do, it's up to him. So I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Now just tell me your name as I come to you. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray the Lord release to you every gift and grace that he desires to flow to you and through you this day and throughout your ministry. Please stretch your hands forward as I pray for them. Sydney, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray the Lord, release every gift and grace that you desire to flow to Sydney and through her. In Jesus' name I pray. And Josiah, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray the Lord release to you and through you every gift he desires to flow to and through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Gladdy, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Lord, have
Heavenly Father, release every gift and grace you desire to flow to her and through her. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Release every gift and grace you desire to flow to and through Sophia. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. So be it. Thank you, Esther. Thank you, worship team. And it's been great seeing the worship team just grow each time they're leading worship. Just seeing that maturing, seeing that getting better. So we're really grateful for you guys. And as well, we recognize the sound team, the media team, and everyone else who helps make it work behind the scenes. You know, it, it takes a community, it takes a team to, to make the dream work. And so we're really thankful. So welcome, Esther. Hey, Pastor. It's good to see you. It's really good to see you. And for those who uh, perhaps haven't met Esther before, um, Esther Lombardi is part of the external leadership covering um, as a church. So we have a board of leaders who help speak into the vision, um, support, accountability, um, prayer, encouragement, prophetic. They just really help support uh, the senior leadership team and the church uh, here at City Life. So Esther's been on board that team, and we meet uh, on Zoom normally to, to pray and, and share and seek their advice and counsel, which is really good. And those people will come and visit the church from time to time as well, which is really helpful. Now, in this season, Esther normally comes over. You're normally over for, what, two months? But this time it's a bit different. Well, you know, the Lord's been growing the ministry, the coming and going for over 12 years. This will be the 12th year, okay? Uh, my first uh, visit here was 2010, and I thought it was just passing through. But the Lord just kept going. <laughs> he just kept putting a hook back in and through your invitation and the beautiful welcome. But, of course, it's God's will being done and fulfilled. It began with uh, just a few days, then two weeks at a time. Then I think the last big one was a month. And then uh, since 2019, six months. And thank you to Winnell and to everyone on staff who worked to get me here for the year. This will be for a year, possibly two, whatever God wants, you know. It's, it's, uh, and in between... My having gone home in October, and now I forgot to mention, Pastor Daniel became a papa for the third time. So I want to congratulate him and also Laura. And uh, this was my first day getting to see River. So God bless you. Well, um, do you want to tell people a little bit about um, where home is for you and your context of what, what you're coming from? Well, if I tell you where I live, there might be some mixed uh, feelings at this point, <laughs> but it's Hollywood, California. So <laughs> at one time I used to get, woo, 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 you know, but you know, um, this, especially the last couple of years, it's not just uh, Hollywood, but it's so much everywhere in the world. There's been a real kind of rumble of change and things have 
not been as pretty, not been as nice, not been as kind as they have been. In fact, my neighborhood has gone from safe to not safe uh, in just a few months, you know. I don't want to focus on those things, but I think it's just important to mention that we are, and you mentioned it earlier, in a time of real challenge and of real chaos, concern, pain, grief, not to uh, uh, forget there is a tremendous war going on. But one thing the Lord has put on my heart is that the toughest days for the world, the darkest days for the world, will be the brightest days for the church. Pain or not pain, it'll, they'll be the brightest days for the church. And we've entered into that season. Everyone who is stepping into a relationship with the Lord, with a church. I just met someone coming uh, to church now for a couple who are just starting to come again or first time. You're here because uh, God is, has... Uh, tapped you on the shoulder to be here for a reason, maybe not even just for a season. So pray into that. Well, it's been a very interesting season that we've been going through what with COVID-19 and so much change. And I heard someone say recently that we've experienced 20 years worth of change in the last two. Mm. There's been such an acceleration uh, of transition and that's not been easy. Um, what's God been saying to you uh, in the midst of this season that we've been through? I'm grateful that you asked. Come January, in fact, in my daily prayer journal, and here's the one from January right here. Um, the Lord gave me two Latin words to start with. Anum dominum. Anum meaning uh, year, and dominum meaning Lord. And while I'm beginning to speak of it, if whoever's on AV could please put Luke 4, verse uh, 10 up there. Uh, anum dominum meaning the year of the Lord. I wondered for a while what he meant by that, and then I started getting a reference to Luke 4.10, where Jesus steps to the temple, the synagogue, steps up front to read from Scripture. He had just come out of the wilderness where he had been tempted. He had been baptized at the River Jordan. Now he steps into ministry for the first time that we know of. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And um, let's take a look at that. I think it's on here. Let's see. Uh, we'll wait until it's there, but he's saying that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, anointed him to preach good news to the poor, and then also uh, to open the uh, eyes of the blind, to set the captives free. But he ends that scripture with, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So that got to me and made me understand that this year is a year of favor, okay? 
a year of great favor with the Lord. Believers, churches, body of Christ. Great favor. And I say this beginning with believers and churches and the body of Christ because he's speaking specifically to the body of Christ. Remember we said that the worst days for the world will be the best days for the church. So he's speaking to the church right now. It's our time to step up. He's been saying, wake up. He's been saying, arise. And now he's saying, step, act on what I have been talking to you about, and you will have my favor. Great favor. Doors that have been shut, things you have been praying for, uh, things you have been believing, things that you've seen. In fact, uh, in a minute, uh, I want us to take a look at what God has promised City Life Church. But um, even, the, uh, even family members that you have been praying for to come into a relationship with God, with the Lord, um, some of those relationships are, it's been so hard, so long, but all of a sudden it'll seem like just the blink of an eye, they come to Christ. It's time. It's, it's the season. And if you step into that relationship with the Lord that much more deeply, you will be in a position to experience the favor that he has for you and in your life. That scripture is uh, Luke 4, 18 and 19. Can you read it? The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So you want to just right now, it'd be, I think it would be really good just to proclaim. Pro I was pray, just going to say release that. Release that over wow. the people and those watching online, that there will be that stepping into the favor. And, and like what I said right at the beginning of the service, there are these amazing promises. We have an amazing inheritance, but you have to pull on it by faith. Yes, you exactly. Know, recently, many of you will know that my granddad passed away, um, and there is an inheritance, but you still have to do some things to claim that inheritance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my prayer is that as you're hearing this amazing scripture, which applies to all of us, but we've got to pull on it by faith and say, yeah, I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to believe it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put my faith and trust in that. Exactly. Boy, you read my heart and my mind. Exactly. We're going to pray. That, that favor, like you said, it's not just going to drop from heaven, okay, like a cloud and park over you. So we're going to receive. The Lord is saying he's a gentleman. He's not going to force favor on you. If you don't want favor, you don't have to have the favor. If you don't want blessing, you don't have to have. If you don't want a relationship with him, you don't have. But you're missing out on a tremendous life. And in this case, favor. So let's just do this. I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads. In fact, I'm going to ask you to lift your heads and hold your hands, maybe waist length, because there are going to be receiving hands, okay? So just say after me, Heavenly Father, 
thank you for the offer of favor. Great favor. I receive your offer with a humble heart. A heart expecting to hear from you. To see from you. To walk with you. A heart committed to what you show me to do. To walk in that favor. Your great favor. So be it. Amen. Amen. So be encouraged. Walk in it. That should affect everything about you wherever you go, that you walk with your head held high. Not in arrogance, not in I'm better than anyone else, but just, hey, I'm blessed and highly favored because God's spirit's upon me. And wherever I go, I'm going to release freedom to people that are going to see things more clearly. It's because it's when we have an understanding of who we carry. Mm. God's with us everywhere we go. And when we get that, it changes everything. People begin to look at you and speak to you and interact with you very differently. And they're like, what is it that's about you that's different? And that's where we're able to point to Jesus. We're able to testify the goodness of God. So Esther, you've been seeking God. Uh, I know that every time you come, uh, you come with a message for CLC and the people. Um, and you speak very much into other churches and ministries, which is great. We love that about you. And we know that you're very well traveled. You speak multiple languages. How many languages do you speak? Well, uh, English is my second language. Spanish, I guess I was born crying in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Italian, I took French in school and uh, started learning German because I was going over to Berlin, Germany. And uh, just a smattering of Armenian, maybe a little bit of Kurdish now, Donibashi, you know. But uh, I love languages. One of my favorite languages is the language the Holy Spirit taught me to pray. Mm. That's really important. That's going to be important in beginning to discern the favor that God has for you to walk in. You have to pray in... See, that's part of the not just standing under a cloud. There's a little labor, co-labor with the Lord to walk in that favor. Okay? I, I, one more thing. The song. I don't know who picked the song. Right there. There was a song that we were reminded that he speaks Jesus. In fact, the Gospel of John tells us he spoke what he heard the Father speaking. He did what he saw the Father doing. And as you pray, especially in that language, you're going to begin to hear, see more clearly. In fact, lots of times, I see ahead of even coming here, I've talked to you many times, my feet might be on the streets of Hollywood, and all of a sudden, I see them touching uh, the sidewalk of Portsmouth. And I see things that I'm doing, but that is the Lord showing me 
what he's doing. So expect some of that. Expect it to happen. And um, enjoy that language. And I want to encourage people as well. Some, some of this, we've, none of this is prepared, by the way. <laughs> We're just Holy Spirit, what do you want to do, what do you want to say? Amen. But there is a heavenly language. You know, at the very beginning, there was only one language. And if you've read the book of Genesis, you'll know, come across the Tower of Babel. It's where you get that, that phrase, oh, you're just talking a load of babble. Or, oh, they're babbling on. That's where they, that's where they get it from, the Tower of Babel. And what happened is God said these people would become very ungodly, but there was a unity of voice, of language, and, and in their minds that they'd set themselves to build up this monument of pride, basically, to defy God. And God says, you know, that nothing would be impossible for them. These are unbelievers, but there are laws, there are principles that are operating in the earth that we can tap into. And he said, he, he, he said there will be nothing that will be too difficult because they're of one mind. They're, they're one in their language. So what did God do? He divided their languages. He gave them different tongues. So then there were multiple languages. And he scattered the people across the earth. But then... In the book of Acts, when we come across the day of Pentecost, God gave the people one language, one unified language again, when he gave them the language of the Holy Spirit. It's a heavenly language. Sometimes, guys, I don't know what to pray. I'm like, Lord, I don't know, should I pray this way, should I pray that way? I don't know. What do I do? Pray in the Holy Spirit, because then I'm not relying on my intellect. It's not about my cleverness. It's about Spirit of God, what are you saying? So when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you pray. It's a heavenly language, and it's available to everyone. Okay, you just got to ask, and then step out in faith and receive what God has given you. God doesn't have favorites, and it's a gift that will strengthen you, and it will strengthen the church. So a bit of a little de detour then, but I do feel that God is, you know, I was having a conversation with Billy uh, before the service, and he was talking about this sense of wanting to travel, wanting to kind of explore other places, and I really do believe that, that, that God is encouraging people to tap in to realize there is more, and there are broader horizons. God wants to open up, and even with the worship team, we were talking, me and Essa were talking you know, just before she got on the stage saying how lovely it was with the worship team, I said, but do you know what? Had it not been for a painful transition of a change, none of that would have happened. So sometimes the Lord, we don't understand, we don't get it, but the Lord might dismantle something, close a door, and we're like, oh God, that was painful, why did you do that? And, but then you recognize that, no, the Lord closed one door because he was actually wanting to open up lots of other doors. So we have to recognize that God's got a plan, and we've got to continue to trust that. Esther, share a little bit about what God's laid on your heart for CLC in this yes. season. Thank you very much. He has. Um, in fact, uh, is A.V. up there? Hello? Okay, okay. I would like the picture of the vision, the map, okay? If you could put it up there. You know, um, we were talking about how it's the 12th year 
uh, that has been able to come over. And almost about the 10 years ago when you were being ordained, the Lord had me to proclaim a vision that he had uh, given me for my church in Hollywood in 2008. I'm putting, I'm asking you to take a look at this because in 2008, when the vision first came and I shared it with pastors and I shared it with others, it did not come down to the congregation. In fact, it just came to the congregation this year in the six weeks before I came. It was the Lord's timing. It wasn't time, but he gave it then. And when I came here, Two years after that vision, the Lord then put it on my heart to speak it to City Life Church. And I'm going to speak it to you again today because he instructed me to refresh the vision. He wants City Life Church to refresh the vision. Some of you are seeing it for the first time. To refresh the promises because the vision comes with promises and then to refresh the commitment again. The Lord makes promises, but he doesn't force them on us. If we receive them, we are committed, okay, to doing what it's going to take for that vision and that promise to come to pass. God labors with us. He partners with us. We partner with him. It is a relationship. So for these things to come to pass, it is a working together in community, in communion. Um, so I want you to take a look. Uh, it's hard to see. Uh, the it, it says vision of the ancient territorial map. What you don't see in the background is really a map uh, that had uh, unfolded, unfurled, I always point people to Bonanza, the old television series, because at the beginning of that is a map, a territorial map that unfurls, and it's on fire, okay? So in this vision, a territorial map with edges on fire unfurled, and it had a lot of dots all over it. So when you have a picture, you have a vision, you take, like Daniel in Scripture, you take the time to ask the Lord, what does this mean? You ask for understanding. You just don't stare at it, okay? You ask, what, what are you saying, Lord? So when I asked for understanding, I, I wondered if those dots were cities. He said, no, those dots are churches, okay? The map uh, is made up of hide, animal skin and I only got that this year that the uh, that the animal skin which is the background of the map itself is a hide and it represents the body of Christ and I wondered what animal that was I could only think cow but it's not cow what do you think it is Lamb, Lamb of God is Christ. So the body of Christ 
We are the body. He is the head. This is the body. And on that body were these dots, okay, that he said were churches. And he proclaimed it to you in 2012, and we're refreshing that. I'm going to read it. In fact, I'm going to stand to read it. This is a holy moment, by the way. So take it to heart and look at the words. I was seated in bed during a quiet time when an ancient scroll unfurled, revealing a territorial map. The edges of the map were ablaze, and on the map were points I took to be cities. The points suddenly became tongues of fire, similar to the tongues depicted in illustrations of the apostles at Pentecost. I sought the Lord for the meaning of the vision. He said the points were not cities, but churches. He said the churches were chosen. Say that. Chosen. Again. Chosen. Again. Chosen. Instruments he desires to use in bringing renewal. Say renewal. Renewal. Again. Renewal. Renewal. This is part of the promise. You're a chosen instrument God will use to bring renewal and is already using to bring renewal. Awakening and revival to his church, the bride of Christ. I understood that as they respond to his leading, again, relationship, as they respond as City Life Church responds to his leading through the Holy Spirit, the church's bright lights will have influence in their communities and among other churches. Now, City Life Church is already having influence in this community. What the Lord is saying by asking that we refresh this vision, number one, he's been doing a work. And back a couple years ago, it was being said other Prophetic voices were proclaiming that God is doing a new thing in City Life Church. He began doing the new thing a couple years ago. So he's not doing a brand new thing. What the Lord put on my heart to tell you is that he's doing a deeper thing. He's doing a deeper work, okay? I think it was Tony Williams, and there was another at the retreat last year, a prophetic voice that said, he's taking you higher. It's not higher as in uh, height, you know, low, horizontal, high. It's deeper. And the word for that is maturity. In Ephesians 4, I don't think I gave uh, A.V. this, but maybe you can look it up. Ephesians 4, I'll let somebody have it. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, okay? I'm going to ask somebody to read it in a minute, but it's the, it's the scripture where the Lord talks about um, he's chosen and appointed some members of the body to be apostles, to be prophets, to be pastors, okay? Who's got it to read it? Do you have it, pastor? Thank you. Would you please read it? 
Ephesians 4.11, and he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay. The last few words in this season are the most important words in that scripture. Because the offices were given to equip the saints, build up the church to the point of we're coming to unity, but there is a goal. The last few words of that are really the goal of the whole scripture that precedes it. And the goal is that we reach the level of maturity. The standard of that goal, the standard of that maturity is the fullness of Christ. Of course, that takes place at the point in heaven, but it is continually, progressively being met out. So God is continually calling us to a greater level of maturity. And what he's saying to City Life Church is that now is that season that he's going to take us even deeper. You mentioned Jeremiah 33.3. Call on me and I will show you great and mighty things. The calling the praying in the spirit, the seeking for the deeper things, the partnership with the Holy Spirit, the understanding of the gifts, the recognition of where they are in the congregation so that they, there can be this beautiful living um, uh, organism, spiritual organism that works together with all of the functioning gifts. Uh, we prayed for the worship team. What did the Lord say? Pray that I release every gift and grace that I desire to flow to and through them. Every single one in the hearing of this word, the Lord has grace for you, greater grace from glory to glory, grace to grace. The greater the challenge, the greater the need for the gifts, the greater the distribution the greater the power through the Holy Spirit is needed. Let your hearts just pump with it. I mean, just get excited about what God wants to do with your yes and amen. With maturity as well, because I mean, I'm sure if I'd say, you know, who here wants to grow into full maturity? You know, most of us will put our hands up. Yes, I want to be more like Jesus. Be very careful what you're praying and, and asking God for. If I said, you know, who here wants the favor of God? Put your hand up if you want the favor of God. Eh? Most people would put their hands up, wouldn't they? And respond. Jump in chat. I want the favor of God. Right? What happened to Mary? When the angel showed up and said, you're really favored. What happened next, people? Whoa. Did it get easier? I mean, come on. So maturity is often packaged with challenge. 
And there's a wonderful quote that I love to repeat. Good trees don't grow with ease. The stronger the wind, the stronger the trees. And we have been through a season of strong winds. But that's what toughens us. The wind of the Spirit is blowing. This is not a time to give up, to throw the towel in. This is a time to lean into God and say, I'm, I'm all in. I'm fully committed to you, Jesus. I will go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will do whatever you want me to do. It's all about him. And as we do that, as we yield to him, that's maturity. We were having a great conversation before the meeting about relationship with Jesus. Uh, you know, if Jesus asks you to do something that you don't want to do, will you do it anyway? Because sometimes Jesus will ask you to do things that you don't want to do or that you find difficult, challenging, uncomfortable, inconvenient, expensive, whatever. But do you really want to please Jesus? If we want to be a mature church, people, it's not just about saying, I love you, and singing, I love you. Jesus, Jesus never actually asked anyone to say, you know, he didn't command us to say, I love you. But he did say this. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. He's looking for obedience. He's looking for us to put our faith into action. That's the level of maturity God's calling us to. So I want to encourage you, as I repeated to, to the conversation I had earlier on, whatever Jesus says to do, do it. Let me repeat that again. Whatever Jesus says to do, do it. No excuses. Just do whatever Jesus wants. Because Jesus always knows best. And pastor, he never asks us to do what he himself would not do. John the book of John. If it, if it be your will, Lord, take, Heavenly Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And then the job the Father gave him to do, I want to get to the word in a minute, but the job he gave him to do, John 17, John 19, John 17, he said, Father, I did everything you asked me to do, now glorify me. John 19, he said, it is finished. He did the work that the Father sent him to do. It wasn't all tough. This is a serious moment, but it wasn't all tough. There were celebrations. There was joy, there was dancing, there was singing, there were praising. There were weddings. There were miracles. Mark talks about 20 of them in the God. In fact, we want to know, you know, maybe because he's calling us to greater maturity, we need to have a, a new 
in-depth look at Jesus. And he's been pointing to two Gospels this year for me to share with you, Mark and John. If you want to a quick kind of summary look at the ministry of Jesus, it's Mark. It's very clear. All the miracles, all the work, everything is laid out. You want a deep understanding of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. You look at John for those deeper, um, uh, deeper understandings of John, uh, of Jesus. And you put the two together, and you have, a, a, I mean, all of the Gospels, but perhaps in this season, for one reason, to have a real acquaintance with gospel and a real acquaintance with the person of Jesus, these two come together. Of course, that word gospel means good news. Mm -hmm. So what we have, people, is we have good news. Amen. Well, Esther, we're going we're gonna to do this again because I know there's so much more that you've got to share on your heart. But I think this leans into really great as we come into a land for the service today. Communion. So when you came through the door, you hopefully should have been given one of these. If you weren't handed one or if you came in because you came in the front way like me and Billy did, um, there are some on these at the front on the speakers here and there will be some at the back. If you haven't got one, you can't locate one. Just put your hand in the air. Someone will bring you your little communion. Um, so basically, you have your juice and your bread, which is like a little wafer, in the lid. Okay, so if you've never used these before, it's two in one. Okay, so you have to be careful that as you peel off the top layer, you will get the wafer, the bread, and then underneath you've obviously got the juice. It is non-alcoholic. Um, so just in these, in these few minutes, um, Esther's just going to lead us in just a few minutes, just in this communion time as we come in to uh, bring our service into a landing today. Esther. Okay. So if you've got a little head start on that top layer, that little see-through film, just hold your cup. Hold the cup and the wafer uh, while we introduce communion. First of all, we were speaking the Gospel of John. The last few chapters, 13 to 17, are that really deep look into the Lord's Supper, uh, the Last Supper. It was called the last time Jesus had supper with his disciples. And it's in the, actually, it's in the, um, first book of Corinthians that we actually hear the words that Jesus or the we go through the detail of the communion. I want to say, you know, the Lord tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that none should perish, but all have eternal life. In taking communion, we are partnering with the desire of the Father that none should perish but have eternal life because it was by his giving up his life in obedience that we have 
that right to become a child of God. And that's what I want you to think about as we begin to partake. If you have not entered into it, that kind of relationship with Jesus, this is the time to consider it. He did it for you. It was impossible after Adam and Eve disobeyed. It was impossible for man to get close to God. But Jesus came so that it would be possible for man to get close to God. And you cannot get closer to God in this life than communion until it is time to be with him throughout eternity. So let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you that on the night before you went to the cross, you took bread into your holy hands. You blessed it. You gave thanks for it and distributed that bread to your disciples saying, this is my body, take and eat of it. It is broken for you. And you took the cup and you blessed the drink, saying, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, shed for you and for the sins of many. Take and drink of it, and as you do, do so in remembrance of me. With that, I invite you to take the bread so that we partake of the bread in unity. Take of the bread. And now, let us partake of the cup in communion together. Lord God, thank you for what you did for us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just want to pray as we close about that word about God uh, broadening our horizons. And this is a season not for bottlenecks, but God broadening our horizons, opening up our eyes to see that there is more, there's so much more that we can enjoy with God. So let me pray for you. Lord God, we just pray, open our eyes to see the bigger picture, help us to see those things that you're showing us. Lord, we want to repent for the times that we have been narrow-minded in our views of things. 
Father, we just pray, help us to see the full counsel of your word. And Lord, help us to walk in the fullness of all that you have for us. So we pray, enlarge the capacity of our hearts to dream bigger dreams and to know that, God, you are bigger still. We thank you, God, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, dream, or even imagine according to the power that's at work within us. We say, God, have your way. Be it done unto us according to your word. Not our will, but your will be done. We pray this and say, thank you. Thank you for this precious time together, God. Lord, as we go on with the rest of our day, we pray that we'll continue to be led by the Holy Spirit to recognize that we are people of light and that we can let your light shine into every person that we encounter. May they see you through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Esther. Shall we show our appreciation to Esther?